Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First is to thank God for the opportunity to be here. When I began to hear that where we were before or what we had planned for this conference to come to a new place. I asked a simple question and they said the place was filled up with people. Uh, first that came to my mind was to give God praise and to give him glory for the expansion of the vision. And for the fact that people cannot travel from wherever they are to come to a PFN conference in Abuja. And it just reflects to me clearly in my mind that we have come fully of age. And for me, today it's just been to give God glory. And um, it didn't also strike me then how important this could be until Sister Sophie and I sat there during the break period and we were talking. Most of our talk was to reflect on where we had come from and the many years and the journeys that God has taken us through. And then she kept saying to me, this is the 12th edition. Kept pointing to my, my, me, this is the 12th edition. And I said to her, I know. I think sometime tomorrow morning, I will say a word about that. But this is to tell you about how well and how far God has brought us. I'm glad to have a family like this. I'm glad to be part of this vision. I'm part, I'm part of a group of people that God has raised in this country especially. I'm not as sure. I'm always happy when I have the opportunity to be here. I, I don't think of all the work I do in ministry, I have a group that I treasure as much as this group. Because um, the reason is very clear. The, because the reason why God brought us together and the work we have been doing uh, prophetically, and even for those who do not understand the prophetic significance of what we have been doing, is so, so vital to the survival of a nation, and we have stayed in it. So you don't know how much that moves my, my boys in gratitude to God. I want to thank all of you who have st stood by the vision. Most importantly, thank those of you who have stood by some of us. You have believed the things we have said to you, and you have come along. I want to thank God for the leadership that has taken us this far. Uh, especially the grace that I've seen upon our president, Pastor Felix, I want to say a very big thank you to you uh, for your humility and for being obedient to God. Yeah. Uh, a while ago, we were just talking about, oh, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about succession. Uh, when I handed over to Brother Felix as president, not that I had any fears, but I always just kept praying one prayer for him. That's will have somebody who will take this vision beyond the level we ever contemplated it. And I want to stand here to testify that that vision has gone beyond our expectation. 
So I'm grateful to you, bro. Uh, I'm very grateful to you. You don't know how much I am. I'm also grateful to all of you. When I went on my jungle evangelism, you stood by me. And that was very significant. And the Lord has told me so much about the seed we sowed here. Good to see you, Sister Sophie. Not many people will understand this, but I remember the days when we were in the jungle together. I remember when there was no piffin, there was nothing to talk about, and we kept fighting and in the place of prayers. So when you come to a meeting like this and you see all of these people, she just kept saying to me a while ago, do they understand you know, the prophetic dimensions of what is happening? I said, well, someday. It takes God to open our understanding. But as I stand here, I see God already doing more than we can ever expect him to do. I want to say a very big thank you to all of you, and I'm glad that I'm here. Okay, let's go to the issue of the moment. As I say this, I'm sure because many of you, you also love me, you'll be looking at me, you won't sleep. And <laughs> just be holding me alone, just be looking at me, say, bro, Collins is here, so don't sleep. <laughs> I have more occasions to do myself during that, um, that last session. Uh, and each time when I'm about to go, I say, well, what's happening to you? Come back and all of that. So if you're going to sit down there and deny that yours was perfect, that's fine. <laughs> it wasn't. I've been very tired, very tired. I only got into this country about 10 p.m. last night from South Africa. And first flight, I'm jumping, and I'll just share with Star Sophie what God is, um, the, the energy and the strength. We don't know where we're getting it from, but so much to do. There's still so much to do. But... It's a significant day, October 1st, and Nigeria is 56. Uh, this country is already alive. Uh, for me to stand there and say Nigeria will leave is not a good thing to say. It's already alive. When the country died, we also knew. When God rescued the country, we know. Everything you see now is just a manifestation of, of um, the things we also knew would come to, to be. And then we already know where... Where, the, where, where it will all stop. We also know where this country will arise. Um, we know, we know. But I'm not going to be talking about that today at all. But it's good for me to mention that because um, because of the things happening in our country, many of us will also become a part of the mob, a part of the crowd. And I think a good Christian, especially for those of us who come from a background that God has brought us through, we can never and should never find ourselves as part of the crowd. So when people are saying, oh, nothing is working in this country, the country, they don't, oh, a country that, please, I beg you. There are too many things we have heard and too many things we know prophetically about the dimensions and the history of this country. If you don't know, just keep quiet and continue to pray the prayer. You can pray simple prayer for Nigeria. But we're going through a prophetic journey. We're going through a prophetic valley at this time. But there'll be a time to climb the prophetic mountain. We're just around the creek, and we're just about there. It has nothing to do with who is in power. Let's be careful. It has nothing to do with uh, God will use men as instruments. But the prophetic word that has gone forth will be fulfilled, and nobody's going to stop it. I'd like to assure you, you and the troubled minds, you may be buying rice at whatever price, but I want to let you know that we're on the course, and we're on that journey, and we're on that journey. And what you're experiencing now, they are very necessary for us to get to where God wants us to get to. And this is some of the sacrifices you need to make, as it were. Okay? One of the things that you're going to need in a time like this is money. We need money now, more than ever before. Can I hear everybody say money? Money. For, you know, for so long, we asked for in church or in the body of Christ. Was, it's quite different from the kind of money we need now. 
men needed money to do many things. Uh, build cathedrals, do all sorts of things. Now, that's not the kind of money I'm looking for. And many of you, and because you worked in very strategic areas of the business, of uh, the economy, you spend so much of your money at that phase. But the kind of money we need now is money to move this vision I talked about, this prophetic agenda of God to the next level. And more than ever before, it has just become necessary for money to be available. This is when money is now really needed. Yeah, thank God for your, your GOs, your presiding officers who raised billions and millions to, to do things to advance the name of your ministry. Now, I'm not talking about that now. We're talking about advancing the vision that God has given to us and the vision that concerns this country and the prophetic agenda that he has set for us. Now, what will happen is, and maybe I take part of the blame as a Christian leader, maybe we haven't spent time in the past to really teach our people and enable them to, uh, to really be financially rich. So in aggregate terms, Christians are the poorest set of people in present-day Nigeria. In aggregate terms. Because nobody taught us how to begin to generate income for ourselves and all of that. And so it has also become worse because the economy is in recession. There are difficult times. And um, so people are a bit more confused, as it were. When this stage of our national growth, before he came, the Lord spoke. And when he came, the Lord has, has been speaking. Uh, one of the things I've learned, especially since I left paid employment, is the fact that there are too many opportunities wasting and passing by every day that men don't take advantage of. In fact, I discovered that in the place of prayer where we're saying, Lord, bless me, prosper me, there are opportunities passing that the Lord says, take them. And I, so we spend so much time talking about prosper me, uh, this, uh, blah, 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 give me this. And the Lord is just looking at us sometimes and saying, what's going on? You know? And that's why it says the people, you know, the children of, the one we we'll call the children of the world, they seem to be wiser than uh, the children of God. They have so much, they are so street wise. We are the ones who lose, who don't have a, enough wisdom. We don't, we are not. So the first thing I'm going to be talking about is for us to return back to the streets and become street wise. Yeah, there are so many, many opportunities. I bring you a word of comfort from the word of God. It says, when men say there's a casting down, then the righteous shall say, uh, there's no better time where men will be able to use that word. Yeah, this is a time that men will arise. And every time you hear that an economy has crashed or is going through depression, just know that a new set of billionaires are about to be made. Yeah, and you said, every situation like this is when God does what he needs to do. Yeah, I'm sure you know the story of, um, of uh, Jacob and Esau and how Esau lost out of the blessing. Yeah, but he didn't lose out of, of the prosperity. Do you understand that? He lost out of the, of the, of the blessing, the patriarchal blessing. That was fine. But for me, in the whole of the Bible, that's the biggest recession that ever happened. For you to lose the advantage of anything that could make you prosper. Or, you know, the patriarchal blessing that was originally yours. There's no setback, no recession that is bigger than that. Uh, you know, recession does always sounds like a big word. Recession has been there from biblical times. How many of you know that? Oh, no, it's not a new thing. 
Well, you know, a new thing. When God was relating with men directly, and men were seeing God and prophesying, and when prophets were able to say, uh, were talking to God, they say, I'm just coming back, God said to me, and thus says the Lord. That time, recession was part of the life of the people. Do you, have you tried to study the Bible and find out how many times the Bible uses the word famine? I give you an assignment. Go back and, and read it. And then the second assignment that is attached to that, read the story around each of those things. It will marvel you that if this was really biblical times and God had more direct relationship with his people, that there were more economic problems in those times that you could find now. That's a biblical fact. So don't get too carried away by the buzz of economic recession. Yeah, we've never had it so bad. Keep quiet. There's a time that they had it worse. I mean, we have had classical times that people couldn't feed in this world. And that was a time that God had more direct connection with the affairs of men. So when there's a recession, it's not a time to start cursing some people and say, God punished them. God will not allow their own better. No. There were times that God even allowed it and said, famine into the life of the people. But every time God had a hand in doing that, it was for a strategic purpose. So the first thing I'd like you to do is to, when you see a situation like this, always say to yourself, this is for a strategic purpose. That's the first thing. Before, after that, we then proceed to begin to find out for what reason is this allowed. The second point I'd like to make very quickly, every time there's a situation like this, also know that someone is going to prosper by it. A new man, a new name is about to be announced. That's the honest truth. Somebody is about to prosper by this. Sometime it was Isaac who came to a land where everybody was groaning under the pain of economic depression, recession, famine. Farmers were losing their products. Nothing was working. And um, he, he came up with his own strategy. Remember that strategy can be what you already know, what God tells you or convicts you to do. It can be spiritual, it can be physical, and it can be economic. Are you with me? In his own case, it was what God convicted him to do. That was a strategy, and he was just obedient to God. And the Bible records that Isaac sowed in that same land at that time. He sowed in that same land at that time. And something happened. So when people were crying, it was ripping. I don't know who I'm talking to. It's your season to reap. It's your season to reap. It's time to just stop all of that grumbling, all of that complaining, and start asking yourself, what is the strategy? Okay? I'll quickly go on and give you about seven things you do in top times an environment like this. I've told you already the foundation is to find out why is this happening and what's the strategy and all of that. Look in the spiritual realm and all of that. So the first thing that the way to respond to difficult times and environment, number one, you've got to be proactive and responsive and not reactive. The first thing is to be proactive and responsive and not uh, 
reactive. In other words, you must find a way to go ahead of the crowd. You must find a way to do what others are not thinking of doing. You must respond to every of the challenges and not just be grumbling and talking around them. Um, so many people spend so much energy analyzing uh, between this time and the other time, but at the end of the day, they don't come out with a strategy. Waste of energy, waste of talk, waste of money, waste of all the, the time that they would have used to think about what is a strategy. Number two, it's time to look inwards and reinvent. And this goes for the nation. It's time to look inwards and reinvent. As part of this independence celebration, tomorrow by 1 o'clock, I'll be on AIT Live talking about economic uh, security. Economic security. And these are part of the things. This number two point is very important. I will be talking to the nation like I'm talking to individuals. It's the same thing for Nigeria. Some of us have had the privilege to do some papers around the same period, the same topic, the same issue. It's time to look inwards and reinvent. One of the easiest uh, principle or, or platform on which you can do that is to use a common SWOT analysis. Yeah, that goes for a nation, goes for an individual. What is my strength at this time? Where do I have strength? Yeah, what's my strength? Where are my weaknesses? What opportunities are arising now? And why would I not be able to take them? Which are the threats? I don't have money. I don't have a, and I will address that. I can't invest now. I can't buy this. I can't. Oh, I hear new grounds now. Oh, I hear. I, oh, I hear new grounds and, hear, and all of that. My very good friend and brother, Patu Tomi, last month went to Edo State. He's normally from Delta State, Igbo part of Delta State. And uh, I didn't get to hear about it. I saw it in the media, maybe like many other Nigerians. So after that, I called him up. I said, oh, bro, Pat, what's going on? I hear you are going to acquire plenty land in Edo State because the land is available. You are not doing farming. Say, my brother, he said, enough of talking in the university. And this is an opportunity. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to plant rice. That's Professor Patu Tomi. He's comfortable. He's professor of Lagos Business School. He's talking in big conferences all over the world. He said, well, strategically, I looked at the opportunity now. I said, when I saw the media, I said, that's somebody who's thinking, somebody who's getting a conviction. He said, rise. Say rice. I'm also trying to become a rice farmer now. <laughs> That's the biggest business in town. And I look at the logic. People say, oh, the price of rice has also gone up. It has just gone up. It used to be 10,000. This, this, this. Well, why not? Let the price keep going up. It's in a, to our advantage that the price goes up. The price of what rice is going up? Butter rice that is actually officially banned. What do you think if I were in a, a, a syndicate importing rice into Nigeria and the government makes a pronouncement that the rice is banned and the people of Nigeria are not planting rice and investing enough to feed themselves, what do you think will happen to the price of what I'm bringing? The people are smuggling it in and all of that and you are still going to the market. That's what you want. You want to buy, hey, this rice I'm used to. Why would it not increase? My prayer is that the price of the imported rice continues to increase. Amen. Will you say amen? amen? So that you and I 
can become rich. Some of you are not getting it. You are still thinking that I'm, I'm cursing you. Yeah? Some of us are still spending so much energy pursuing that rise. I say you must not increase. My prayer is that it should increase in the mighty name of Jesus. If it didn't increase, but to tell me, would not be carrying a task of land. As I speak to you, you see, this is why we need to be wise. Long before this happened, after the bank came, people like Dangote had gone to Adija and taken over like three local governments free land and planted rice. The first set of those rice will be harvested in November this year. And many of us Christians will sit back and start abusing Dangote. Dangote has started again. Dangote wants to take everything. Where were you when you went planting rice? Did you hold your hands from planting rice? When those metric tons and tons are, are thrown into the market, which is very strategic, in November, he knows that Christians are the ones who celebrate Christmas. We are the ones looking for rice in December. Do you understand? Yeah. We'll be forced to buy that rice. Because the price is going to be better than anything that was ever smuggled. Four months after that, the second round of harvest will come. Yeah, I, I'm not too much of an economist, but I can stand here and tell you that in eight months, the price of rice will crash below what you used to buy it. Because some people will flood it into the market. No, it's not the AMA part I'm interested in now. <laughs> Why are you not among those who are flooding the market with rice? Because it's a very clear opportunity. I'm just using one. I can, I can give you like 42 tomorrow. And I'll, I'll be speaking, I'll, be, I'll talk about some of them now. You know, and I'll be doing that on national television, 1, 1 p.m. tomorrow on AIT. I would there be a way we'll be in, but why we're here. You know? Some people are doing that. I still see some of our governments in the South, they are still making us, apart from, a, was it Mostego? No, Korocha. And, no, Anabra had been on it, but Imo just, uh, Imo just woke up now and said that we have land, oh, please, all of you come home. Come and teach us. And suddenly, a state like Kebbi that didn't used to, they don't have much from the federal account. They are becoming rich now because they are now becoming consultants to those who want to grow rice. Lagos says we don't have land, but they went to Kebbi and bought Kebbi land. And they are growing rice. And by February, Lagos will be investing another set of bundles of rice into the markets. By the end of next year, it is predicted, if this momentum continues, that Nigeria, having fallen out, we will never be anywhere, but we'll get into the top 10 rice producers and then give it another one year among the top 10 rice exporters. That's what depression can do. That's what economic recession can do. If people sit down to think and plan. And I'm just talking about one element of... Okay, so we've left number two. We said looking was. Remember, let me take you back again. Number one, we said be proactive and responsive and not reactive. Number two, look inwards and reinvent yourself. Use the SWOT analysis. Yeah. Number three, cost. Manage your cost. Achieve more with little. And what that means is this. When people hear managing costs, it mean, they always think it, it means cutting down. Cutting down, that's, that's one easy way. But it actually means set yourself a target to be able to do more than you were doing before, either at the same level of expenditure or less. That means that big items may leave your list, but you will be able to do many more little things 
or even including the so-called big thing in a different way. But at the end of the day, your target should be to do the same things you have been doing at the same cost or even less. That's why you can beat your chest at a time like this that you are a good manager of cost. Number four, uncover your hidden potentials, which we translate to your hidden worth. There is something about you that can sell that you have never sold. It could be a passion, it could be a talent, it could be, it could be something that you have, but you have never known that you could give. It's the hidden talents, the hidden thing that will eventually become the hidden revenue earner. If it were in the world of branding now, they'll say you need to rebrand yourself. This is a time you need to go through a rebranding process so that you become more acceptable in many ways. Maybe there were some things you used to do patch patch halfway and you never thought about it before. Uh, it's time to step out and do and Think about yourself differently and say, what do I have, what can I give that people will be willing to pay something for? I was impressed reading, um, I think I caught that on the televisions late in the night around 1 a.m. Catching up on the, as soon as I go into my hotel in Lagos. It was about um, um, some pictorial thing that was launched about the president or something, he's a photographer. And then they got some seven young uh, professionals who were now talking about how to make money from their different areas. They got uh, Cobham's as Asukwa, who was talking about music. They got um, some names that you probably would not know. They're not, they not regular names. Uh, one talked about how you can use your artistic gift and translate that to wealth. You know, I was so impressed with that little catch. You know, I was feeling sleepy getting to my hotel late in the night, but I caught that on television. And I was like, you see, it takes situations like this where people are not throwing money around, where there's nobody, you know, just dashing you money or doing, or, you know, like you have heard in this country, how people just throw money around for people to not start thinking. So they are getting young people to come and tell us, how can people make money in this area? And that's automatically begins to open a whole lot of possibilities, creating employment for the young people and all of that. Nothing, I mean, I was so excited in my spirit. And I'm like, this is what you should be doing in a nation. Now, what that also tells you is the fact that there are many areas where we can make money that have been ignored. Because people say, well, this one, this one don't concern me now. Uh, I have a regular job, Michelle, and um, salary is not too bad. It's very good. It's not bad. There's no amount of work you are doing for any company right now that they are paying you, that the salary is good. If you call that good, then you, you really have not, you've not had exposure. You are not exposed at all. Yeah? Because that was the same kind of salary that nearly killed some of us. I mean, like dead. You wake up and you're asking yourself, what am I doing here? Are you okay? Okay, they were suffocated. We're like, what's going on here? Because sometimes when you don't rebrand yourself, you can't identify what you have that can, that, that can sell. It's difficult for you to see it. And that's why you go into all sorts of negative prayers. Lord, let them not take this job away from me. Please, God, let my name not be. Oh, God, blah, blah, blah. I was canceling a very senior person, Christian, recently. And, you know, he came crying, Pastor Collins joined faith with me. I said, no, I'm going to pray that they put your name in that list. <laughs> and he was really shaking. He said, I came so that, brother, you encouraged me. I said, no, 
They pray, all the prayer, all the prayers that your name goes into that list. I said, for how long have you been working? He said, I've been there now for 32 years. I said, God, blood of Jesus. I closed my eyes. I said, Lord, in the next retrenchment list or by whatever list, but let it not go empty. Let his name be number one in Jesus' name. The man opened his mouth, was looking at me. I said, the second reason I prayed that prayer is this. I know what you've got. There's so much inside of you that I, even me talking to you, I can buy. I will pay for it. You don't even know the markets that you are. You are walking about the walking markets. And then you are praying that somebody should be paying you a monthly stipend, a salary. And I said, number three, you are denying so many people of employment. Because the moment that thing comes out of you, you are an employer of labor. But here you are saying, crying that Chevron wants to study, hey, they want to put your name on retrenchment list. I know I'm striking some chord in some people's hearts. I can see your faces. You are now thinking. You know, it takes a lot of knowledge and God's help to come to that level. That's why when I was telling some people, I'm saying, I'm walking away from Shell. I'm going to say, brother, are you okay? I said, no, I've got a conviction. I said, I'm dying here daily. I know what I can do. One of the first people who became my clients as soon as I left Shell, three months later, was Shell. And the same thing I used to do for them free. It was just a little thing I used to do for them. When they came, he said, ah, we are in trouble. Somebody to do other. I said, well, just because uh, you post to pay my pension, uh, your bill will be something like X million. They said, ah, Collins, but uh, I said, but that's how it is. That's how it is. That's why I can employ Nigerians today. People I call my staff. I could stay at Benishel. I'm not your sister but not able to employ one human being. You know, I feel very proud. I pay the salaries of so many Nigerians today who carry on so many other people. I know how it is. It takes a lot of courage. It's a, 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 lot, a lot of what you know. If you don't know it, you will never be able to move it up. Move, move, move. So number four, that was number four I, I gave you. Number five, this is where it begins to happen. You, at a time like this, you are never going to be able to go it alone. Don't think about what you can do by yourself. Even when things have not been this bad, by myself, I, when I was settled on my company, I started going to people of like mine. I said, please, can we work together? I'm not like every other person. We can trust each other. I don't even care. Even if we make all the money, you want to take all the money. But I believe that partnership works. I believe that. So this is a time to seek joint venture opportunities. Don't look for solo opportunities. You may be the one to identify a solo opportunity, but look for joint venture opportunities. Or look for joint venture partners. The way both people put us, they beat us to this. When we were coming to start to explore our oh yeah, they told us joint venture relationship. And we have never recovered from JV relationship up to now. You know, they make us look like, okay, we are joint partners in this. But you see, in terms of concept, that's something that works. It works best on under very difficult economic situation. Look for joint venture opportunities. They're going to help you at this time. The weak has to look up to the strong, and the strong has to help the weak. And that falls in line with God, what the word of God teaches us. And as Christians, this is the time to come together in little, little pockets 
of people, you know, different skills together, form a group of people together and go bid for the big things, as it were. Let's stop going for little, 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 little chops, you know. Some of us are already doing that, yeah. We're doing that. Um, the only experience on the feed is that you, you can't find too many genuine Christians. So I'm waiting for many of you to come back out into the world now, leave the confines of your offices, because there are some of you I can trust. Uh, too, there are not too many people out there. There are many people saying they are Christians, and uh, we've tried it with a few, a few venture, and uh, just even before you start, they begin to show their true color. And then, but because you're already in, you, you want to keep by the, the terms of agreement, things are, you allow them, the things to go. There's a big project that the central bank is, you know, spending money on and all of that. And then they always uh, prefer to do this with experts and all of that. And recently, we got involved and said to them, no, you don't need experts anymore. But thanks to uh, the Buhari administration, I also said, well, we don't even have foreign exchange to spend on this. Um, and but this is very necessary. Some competence mapping and all this is a huge project, very huge. And because about two of us, you know, got wind of this, and we sat with their directors and all of that, and they just said to me, oh, Collins, we know you can do this and all of that, but this is so huge. And I said, no, I didn't come here because I, I, I want to do it. I know there's so much money. We're coming here as a consortium. And I began to name the people and the organizations that I'm pulling together and all of that. And they were so impressed. They said, not many Nigerians will come like this and talk about it. They see a huge opportunity. They take it and run with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And all of that. So these are the kind of things you must process in your mind. Yeah? This is not the time to be selfish. This is not the time to be rich alone. This is not the time to be the only one man that everybody's clapping for. You know? So we made a project and all of that. And luckily for them, because of my position as president of um, um, Learning and Development Network International in Nigeria, I already have a link with ATD in the US. They are, my, they are partners. So in that way, I'm still able to use the consultants from ATD and all of that, which was the real element they were looking for originally. So it's become a jointly owned project. These are some of these things are happening. And, um, and they were able to put a hand into some of that uh, pie. So this is the way it works. Joint venture opportunities. Look for people who have skills in other areas where you cannot uh, um, uh, do things and uh, put them together. I, I do know a brother who's, um, who's done so very well, set up his own company they are into technical um, competence development for people in the oil and gas sector and all of that. So I was never a technical person. And, um, and then I talked to him not too long ago and I said, you know, we get a lot of references in my company. And sometimes we are not strong in these areas. I said, why don't we all pull together? We don't need to change the name of our companies and all of that. He was so excited. It was, we worked all of that out. So when I get references now, we'll just bring him and his, his, um, his team in and they do the bits they have to do and all of that. We're doing a whole lot of that collaboration. So it's more than just joint ventures. It's a bit about partnership. It's a bit about collaboration. And if possible, coalition and all of that. That's what helps in difficult economic situation. Yeah, so no silo mentality. Just think about how to become a part of a team and that's going to happen. So I'll give you about three more, and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about one or two more opportunities, and we'll move on. At a time like this, you also need, I'll say this two together, multi-pillar marketing systems. Multi-pillar marketing systems. Multi-pillar marketing systems. 
just as you need multi-pillar income sources. That's why I will say those two together. Some of this sounds like what some of you already do, network marketing. Let me say here that network marketing in itself, in its concept, is not a bad idea. But before you get into any network marketing, there are three things to look out for. The whole concept of network marketing comes from what we call multi-pillar marketing systems. You need to build systems and not human beings, systems, to work for you at a time like this. So that when you're not there, the systems will keep rolling in money. When you're part of a system, what happens to you is you're not using your strength and your intellect alone. You are, you are, you are, you're just latching on to the strength of other people in a group and who are already connected with the system. So network marketing is not evil. Yeah? But before you do any network marketing, the first thing to look out for is, does it promote my interests? Number two, does it make me work for someone else before, because he came into the program before me without that person working for me? In other words, is there, is there room or no room for reciprocity of effort? If you have a system where the person that has gone ahead of you cannot progress without drawing you, then you know that it's a good indication that it's a good network uh, structure. Yeah? The tough thing you look at is the compensation plan. A good networking system does not throw too much money at you at the beginning. It gives you a very minimum progressive income that makes you climb easily. You know, just progressive, and you see it's mounting up, yeah, as it were. Number four thing you look out for, will I be able, because some of you are weak in telling people, network marketing means that you should sell this product or talk to people more about this level of, uh, of what is happening to you, and not many of us can talk to people. Is that not correct? Uh, not many of us can talk to people. Um, so this fourth question is very important. So you ask yourself, does the system does this truncate or stop me from growing if I'm unable to market? To people, and most networks systems that operate in Nigeria will stop you, except for one or two that I know of. So once you ask yourself all these questions and they are all in negative, it's not a good network to be to to do. Absolutely not a good network to do. Good networks are networks where. The strong protects the weak and actually needs the weak to progress. So, in other words, you can be strong. I'll work for you. You go, but you must draw me with you. So, a system that compulsively makes it for your upline to take you up is, is a kind of thing to do. 
then be very careful about networks that enable or that says to you that you must come back every year or every moment to renew your membership. Just know that they're about to start fleecing you. If you do join any network marketing structure that does not give you people and does not give you structures of support and that does not guarantee you being able to come through within a period of one year, it's not a good business to be in. Because the whole concept of multi-pillar marketing systems is so that the system will work for you. There will be other people's efforts working for you apart from your own efforts. I could tell you in Nigeria today, we have done some very wise study because unfortunately, in our country, we have, it's, it's become like a dumping ground uh, for many ideas that come from different places. So we've uh, taken time to do a whole lot of study and then we can almost like um, tell you how it works. Part of the thing I'm gonna be talking about on television tomorrow is the fact that along with some young, very bright young people, much older than them, young people, Nigerians from across the divide of this country. Northerners, Zibos, Yoruba, Benin, great people. I'm just like their chairman, I'm like their president, like their leader now, but I was never even a part of when they started all of this. To f tell you how things work in this country. These guys, when everybody's talking about dollar is this, dollar is that, they didn't have time to start grumbling about dollar. They didn't talk about it. They locked up themselves in a room. Just as you will lock up yourself to pray and fast for seven days. Incidentally, majority of them are also pastors, and I'm so glad about that. I had a meeting with them in Abuja today. That's why I didn't come straight from the airport here. Today. Pastor Emeka and Co. These are young, good Christian boys. They sat down and said, okay, now that the Nigerian economy is going this way, what do we, what do we get out of this, and what should we be doing now? They came up with a coinage called the new economy. They said the, the old economy is bad. Everybody said the old economy, so we need a new economy. Yeah? I think for the first time tomorrow, they are going to unveil the new economy concept. But I can share with you what the econo new economy is about. You know what the new economy is about? You know what these people do? They went back to, to the history of Africa and all of that and asked, were they ever rich men in this climb? Yes, in a traditional society. Why were they rich? What were they doing? What was the sustaining factors or schemes that our people engaged in? And then they began to pick them out. They talked to traditional people from Yoruba land. This, how did your people used to survive? How did people used to uh, leverage on each other's strength to be rich? And, uh, and they have a whole lot of systems. When they brought out those systems, they understood them very well. What they are not doing is to make those systems, build technology around them, and just made those systems to align with, with present-day realities. So what you're going to be hearing from the new economy from now is new schemes. And they are not strange. They are not. Let me give you a very simple example. We all know that in local traditional society, everybody su survived through uh, Isusu. Abi? Isusu was a form of creative support, Abi? Communal aid support. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Now, if I do Isusu with you now, the way we do it normally, hey, you carry this and this, Onga may kill you before he gets to my door. Uh, 
Yeah? So, one of the things that these guys have done is to sit down and say, what are the principles of Isusu? How can you do Isusu in such a way that this man doesn't even need to wait this much? We all can share the bounties as it comes. Very simple concepts like this. And they sat down and they've designed a program that works. Created a platform where people just you bring your money, bring money, bring money, and everybody's at the same time. In that same system, people, you don't need to raise money from the bank to do any projects. Do you have an idea? What's the idea? Is it going to turn out money for us? They study it. This is the money. So can this project become our own project? It's no more yours. Every one of us. So do, do you have money? Do you have money? Do you have money? Well, but you don't have money. You have the idea. You don't have money. So, but because we belong to the same community now, uh, we'll pull all of this together, and we're going to do this quickly. Yeah, we have enough money to do it now, and everybody's going to just get this, get this, get this, and we're going to move on to the next project. These boys are smart. They're moving into all sorts of things. I'm glad that when they came to me, they came to talk to me and said, sir, we need someone like you for your integrity. I said, yes, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've since assumed the position of their chairman and patron together. I say, I am here. I'm not leaving. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. And all of that. We'll unveil that to the nation tomorrow. I say, also a way of helping Nigeria and Nigerians get out of this. So what am I talking about? There aren't too many things that are new. Not too many things that are new. There are so many things that are around us old that we are reinventing. And they are, they're becoming cash cows. And people are beginning to jump at them. Yeah? One of the things I like to say to people, every one of us now, we need a business or a financial coach. Yeah? We need a business or a financial coach. And I'm not talking about um, people who read business and me or finance or did accounting. But people who are on the feed, who understand what's going on. People who can show you that they've done the study of the environment. They know the dynamics of the environment, you know. Uh, and, you know, people like that and who, who can give you pictures and statistics. And everyone that wants to move to the next level, you need those kind of, um, you need that kind of thing now. You need that kind of thing now. I'm involved with about a number of, I was just trying to count today, about 14 kind of schemes that brings little, little money, uh, some big money, some... There's one I'm, uh, you know, just some little things. But when you start tying them together, you'll be amazed how suddenly your financial problems are. Yeah? They just, they are dissolving gradually without you going through the stress of looking for money and all of that. Not that you are, you're too rich, but because of the way it, it happens within the community where you must give support to everybody, whether they are weak, they are poor or something, because they are part of that partnership and coalition, everybody begins to end about it. In fact, the same thing. It doesn't matter. You know, everybody gets about the same thing and all of that. It's working. And I've seen many people who otherwise thought this was the end of the world. They're smiling now. If I open my phone, I get people who say to me, thank you, Pastor. Oh, thank you. This is uh, just, uh, this is unbelievable. And, things are, and people are happy. And that's the concept. And that's the, 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 where we are at, as it were. Okay. Now, let me name one, two, three things. I've talked to you about rice. And this is a very serious thing. Rice is such a serious thing that as I speak to you now, I know of, again, a group of young people who have made advance to some states where land, rice can grow. It's not in every state of Nigeria that rice can grow. And where land has been lying fallow. As I speak to you standing here, I know about six of such projects 
that they don't need to use their money to fund. There are foreign investors waiting for the right group of people, the right atmosphere, the right institutional support, and they are bringing in all of that money. They say, don't worry. We've been wanting to invest in Nigeria. I met with two of those kind of investors in South Africa two days ago. You know, I heard about another one, you know. So, these are the kind of things, yeah? If I didn't really have a meeting with them, I met with somebody who knew them, who was saying to me, this, are, this exists, that once we are ready, that once we are ready, is ready to link me to them. And I said, no, I'm not yet ready. I need to do my own work, you know? And that's that phase, you know? And it was on and on and saying, please, when you go back, this is serious. There are people carrying their money, just hoping and waiting to come and invest. But what are they looking for? They don't want to talk to uh, Brachism alone. They don't want to talk, they want to talk about to a coalition of people that also have the structure and the institutional support. And who know what they are doing, the right thing you're saying, that they are saying. I am involved with a group, two groups, two groups actually. There's a group of Russians who have been on our neck now. We are the ones actually failing them. Uh, Reverend Godwin Bequiz in this, in this one. Um, Fatsi is the one that um, is closer to them. Who, you know, they really, this dead serious. They have all the money. Dead serious about running a fertilizer company in Nigeria. They have almost gone on their knees begging us. Just this minimal thing, minimal things. And then we just realized it was too big for us. We need all the people. And then we kept saying to ourselves, it's Christians this time. We're not just going to go to anywhere and all of that. But the Christians are all busy working for Total and all of that. You can't find them. <laughs> you can't find them on the feed. Those of us on the feed now, we can't find the quality of people we're looking for and all of that. They are working for Total and Shell and everywhere and all of that. That's also good. Some of us need to continue to be there to keep this vision going. But if you have stayed too long, please, it's time to come and we need you and all of that. That's an example of what's going on. And why is that important? Because the country is talking about going back to the feed agriculture. Yeah, this has become very important. I don't even know where to start from. I'm cracking my brain every day talking to many more people, but we need to grow the institutions as it were. I, I'm also involved with a project. Again, I don't know how God brought that to me. Now, uh, I've been involved with properties, one way or the other, but this time, I think I really now need to be chairman of a property company because one of those days I sat in my office and somebody came and said, ah, they're looking for a very genuine person who, has, who could talk to you know, people in the oil industry talk to people this, blah, blah, blah. What's the problem? They are these South Koreans. They really want to enter the Nigerian property industry. But they don't just want to come here anyhow. And then there's this group that's been working with them. The guys have been pressuring. We need to just come and have that kickoff meeting. But we need the off-takers. We need you to come up with all your things. And, and that is at an advanced stage. Again, all we did was to look at what the federal government wanted to achieve. Affordable housing for Nigeria is part of their their projects. And Fashola has been crying about this on TV, but many people don't listen to that. They're only looking for the price of rice. There are many other things government is saying. Nobody, uh, you know, Fire Me has been crying in the solid mineral area. Come, it's free now. Come and take your license. Don't even, don't bring money. Don't worry. Just come and tell us. And whoever you are talking, we need foreign investors who can talk about there are things to prospect for in solid mineral area. You know, the last time we checked, after our file had gone through, we found out that people are not even... They are, Nigerians are not going there at all. They are busy abusing governments, whereas government has created opportunities for them to be rich. Nobody, they are not... Nobody, you know, the man who came out on television the other day to cry that it's not up to 10% of Nigeria. What's wrong with you? They've gotten the Federal Executive Council to extend the period of time again. You know all that they're waiting for? They are waiting for 
oil block the next bid. Everybody just waits for that. And it's, it's still not clear to them that oil is suddenly becoming obsolete. Yeah? New opportunities are arising, but they are still waiting. I know many people I'm talking to, they say, no, we're waiting. We're just positioned for the next round. And federal government has got them. Federal government says, you know what? We're going to take money off front. Oh, you don't know that? Oh, they're going to take money off front. If you can pay full money off front, we'll percentage of, be ready to lose a percentage of that if you don't get any of the if you don't win any of the beats and all that. And the people are desperate to say, yes, we want to do that. That's good for Boari, because there's so much money coming into the economy. Yeah? So, yes. So, early next year, there's going to be, you know, a bid for all those oil wells and all of that. And so, but that's a very restrictive area. There's so much happening in solid mineral area. All you need to do now, when you go to the office in cadastral zone, you just sit down there, and they will talk to you from morning to night, even open you to opportunities you didn't know existed. And then you can pick a form down, feed them, and you know begin to go for a license. All they ask for is you must show that there's a link with uh, a group of uh, investors. If you have a problem in that area, come and talk to my office. That's not a problem at all. We can find you investors from anywhere in the world. Yeah, provided you are able to start the, the process and the general process. But Nigerians are not going. They're not going because we have been used to this long period of just sitting down and uh, uh, just beg, uh, brother. I know you know waiting the apple to be bad. Everybody just sharing and everybody just getting free things as it were. It's time to stand up now and work. It's time to seize the opportunities that are coming out, and they are numerous. Yeah, I just gave these few ones, uh, you know, because it's not this is not the forum you sit down and start talking in depth as it were. When people are serious, you know that they are serious. They will look for you. They will sit with you, and they will. I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to convince you that God bless you. <laughs> If you're blessed, can we appreciate God again? That was deeply enlightening and expository. And I'm sure we are set. But we just also, like we did uh, previously, going to take some questions because it's very practical. So let's be sure we get any other question you have answered. So can I see the hands if you have questions? And I'll give the numbers. This time around, we stick to the numbers. And we won't keep extending and extending. So let me see the hands. I'll come to the other uh, session. So you are number one. Note your number. Number two. Oh, let me take again, please. Just keep your hands in the air. Number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wow, so many here. Eleven. <laughs> 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. <laughs> Only six questions. Only six questions. Now, okay, you can write down. Please write down your questions. In the first few we get, we treat. So just write time, start now. Fast fingers. Write your question. Don't raise your hand. Write your question. We'll take them, but I, I'll read them here so that you don't start with stories and all that. It's counting one. So the first that comes, please write your question in the other room and just send it down. Once you're through with your question, just raise your hand. I'll come and pick it. 
We've changed that numbering. Write your question and just send it in. Okay, I got one now. This one is very simple. I can answer this one. <laughs> Okay. The other room, any question coming out? Okay, time up.